it is. It's Anime Death Spiral yet again. The only anime podcast made by mixing gin, rum, tequila, vodka, triple sec, and sour mix and topping that shit off with Coca-Cola because we are low class, baby. It's true. (laughs) They call it a a Long Island Tokyo tea. (laughs) I love a drink that's a weird color and gets you fucked up like immediately that's the way to do it you know what i mean i mean no I, that's unironically that is my stance on it <laughs> uh i remember long island iced tea and what was the other one what was it what was the the drink that had like an unnecessarily vulgar name I, what what are you talking about an a an adios motherfucker adios who was the name of the drink what was yeah. that? What is adios motherfucker it was like a long island iced tea but it was blue you know, it didn't use brown liquors. Blue cocktails are <laughs> the 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 whole point of a blue cocktail is to destroy you immediately. If you see a blue cocktail, that's what you're in for. Well, it's like nature. You know, bright colors indicate danger, poison, and danger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you drink either a blue, co- a light blue cocktail, or like a radiant green cocktail, you're about to have the worst hangover of your entire life. Okay, but the radiant green ones and the blue ones look good like i mean this is honestly probably the result of of anime conditioning and brain rot over the years but like i would eat a slime from dragon quest uh or or a jelly from final fantasy as long as you don't do it with like a fork and knife you have to eat that shit with your hands it's like barbecue you know uh you it's that's the only way to do it authentically is you just dig in with your fingers (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that's like I, I would just I would eat that. That's like uh, we have been conditioned as adult consumers of cartoons to respond positively to like novelty and bright colors. It's it is one of the side effects uh, of watching anime. It immediately triggers like a dopamine response, no matter what context you find yourself in. One of the one of the the many harmful side effects of anime. I think that pretty much everything about anime and its marketing techniques and its character designs, <laughs> like it's all very much intentional. Like no, no one's pretending that they just happened in to uh, the big titty giant uh, multicolored <laughs> hair aesthetic <laughs> with giant childlike eyes. Oops, we we accidentally backed our way into the big titty anime aesthetic. How did this happen? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you didn't do that on accident. I was trying to do something completely original and unique. Well, it's, <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about, like, the uh, the role that editors play on, on an author when they're pitching their idea, right? Yeah. They literally sit down and go through the entire pitch and say, like, all right, well, uh, this character needs more sex appeal. Uh, we need to change the age on this character to uh, appeal to this demographic more. Well, I was recently, maybe within the last couple episodes, talking about the manga Raw Hero, which I probably shouldn't, just for my own personal uh, and professional dignity, uh, even mention (laughs) that I have read Raw Hero. I don't even know what that is, so you're going to have to explain it now. Raw Hero is the manga about a young unemployed man oh god no and his two younger brothers uh-huh. uh who uh live in basically a slum uh, after their parents have died 
and the eldest brother is the only working age brother. So he needs to go and find a job. But he's striking out all over town, right? Mm-hmm. It's a tough, it's a tough job market right now. I mean, that's just that's just the truth. Listen, the economy, man. The economy. The uh, economy. The economy, not good. So I have a lot of sympathy. Talk about inflation. <laughs> well, well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me get to it. <laughs> uh, he's he's wandering around. He's he's not having a good time. Really, I, I don't know. This I really, really hope this is just one of those comic book things. Uh, it probably is, but like the the employers are really rude to him for no reason. It's it's like they say we're not going to give you a job, and also no one should because you suck. I mean that's brutal. oh man. Yeah, okay, can I interject real quick? And you just did. I, <laughs> you already did. <laughs> uh, let me get one second. All right, you had one second. <laughs> just going back a couple episodes to that uh, solitary gourmet manga that I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. And I read a little bit more, and that guy gets so much worse than I could have possibly imagined. Really? There's one chapter where he sits down at like a, a restaurant, and he's like watching the proprietor like physically and verbally abuse his like Korean employee. What? Like assistant. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And and the main dude like sits up and is like, hey, you're ruining my meal. You should do that when nobody's <laughs> Whoa, around. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's gotta be intentional, right? That is it that has to be an intentional joke. Like he get the the proprietor of the restaurant is like, Oh, I don't care what you think. Uh you need to get out of my restaurant. They like get into a fist fight about it. They fight each other? Yeah, physically. Like he he punches the guy. In fact, they, they're fighting until the Korean employee steps in. It's like, hey guys, stop. Stop it. It's it's not that big of a deal. So the the Korean immigrant is the only adult in the room. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how it ends. Like he just walks out and he's like, man, what a bad meal that was. Well, I will say I I did not expect that dude to be the kind of guy who would get into a fist fight. So I, I mean, well, <laughs> I do find that surprising. I mean, it, it gets ridiculous because another chapter is just like him going to a baseball game. Uh, and it's really hot out, and for whatever reason, he decides to order curry, like spicy curry, cool. at the food stand. No, I like that. Uh, and he's, like, eating it and, and sweating, and so he takes off his shirt, and he's just, like, absolutely, like, hard body ripped. Wait, what? Like, head to toe. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like eight pack abs, uh, you know, totally jacked. How? The whole deal. How? I don't know, because the literally the next follow-up is like an old dude sitting next to him. He's like, hey, wow, you're in good shape. He's like, you must play sports. And he's like, no, I just kind of like work out, you know, once a week. Oh, he he's on the Saitama routine. Y- yeah, exactly. Wow. And then again, these are nine page chapters, so that's just how it ends. Anyway, uh, we've already talked enough about solitary gourmet. Wow. Let's get that's, back to what you were talking all very about. Surprising. I just I had to bring that up because that guy is such a piece of shit. And they went to make a ten season like live action series about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm still in shock about that review. Yeah, uh, that is. I mean, I really don't like that guy. Everything you've told me about him it just makes me. He's the worst. He sounds really. He's bad. so bad. I really don't like that kind of guy. Anyway, so. The, the character in Raw Hero, who I do like, he is a much more sympathetic character. 
He isn't down with uh, immigrant abuse? He's not down with immigrant abuse. In fact, he has a very strong sense of justice and compassion. Oh, good. Oh, that's so refreshing. I know. Uh, You don't read a lot of manga where the main character is a a champion of justice. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, long story short, he backs into a a job where he has to cross-dress every day. I'm into it. Yeah, uh, and he infiltrates a quote-unquote terrorist organization. But that's all... Okay, that escalated. (laughs) Yes, I know. It gets really weird. That's all beside the point. Well, hold on. I mean, that's basically the the plot of of Some Like It Hot. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And uh, other truly terrible manga I I really can't bring myself to even mention. Okay. So, but that's beside the point. The point being, due to these shenanigans, he happens to... Uh, befriend uh, a young woman that he he has he developed feelings for, and she is an aspiring she is an aspiring manga artist, right? Mm-hmm. But she's never had the courage to bring her work to an editor until she meets him, and his his encouragement and belief in her is what like gets her to do it. So they go together because she's very shy about it to have dinner with this editor, uh, and this is a panel from the dinner that they have. Can you can you describe what I've linked you? <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like this is just a slice of real life that that is part of being a, a manga author. <laughs> uh, yes. Can you can you just describe really summarize what's happening and on this page? Uh, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's there. It's the guy and the girl, and presumably the editor they're talking to. And he's basically saying, like, "Hey, uh, you need more panty shots." Yes. Uh, uh, listen, panty shots sell. He says, "Yes, this this is this is how a good manga is created. <laughs> a good manga is the kind where uh, your character falls and shows their underwear for no apparent reason." Now, this is very strange <laughs> because this this editor just keeps ramping up his like weird sexual abuse until he like straight up pulls his dick out in a hotel room and then she beats him almost to death so i'm like is there is the author trying to say something here or what what is happening well what you have to understand is the (laughs) you know social context of when this was written this was right around the louis ck stuff (laughs) (laughs) If you if you are a manga artist and you draw your editor into your manga and your editor is trying to sexually abuse you and you beat him almost to death, uh, that's just a goof, right? That doesn't mean anything. That's that's just that's just being funny. No, that's uh. Listen, uh, as J.R.R. Tolkien famously said. Uh, allegory is for simps. <laughs> <laughs> now, here, I'm just so, going to link no, you. No, everything is taken yeah, at face value. I'm just going to link you one more panel. Can you describe uh, this panel to <laughs> the audience? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I'm not going to describe that <laughs> panel to the audience. <laughs> this, is, this is from the same manga. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I saw just just to make my point. Okay, we don't. You could use your imagination to describe something uh, particularly awful, and you'll probably be pretty close to the mark. Anyway, that's Raw Hero. 
Uh, I liked Raw Hero quite a lot. I mean, this is this is like that panel at the beginning of Sono Bisque Doll, where he just falls like face first right into her crotch. Oh, this is so much this worse. Is, this is much worse than it's that. It's so much worse. It's also much better. I have to say, I you know, iconographically it is much worse, but morally it's better. Actually, you know. <laughs> Once you get past the shock of what's going on here, uh, this is actually really funny. It is really funny. That's the thing. It's like Raw Hero <laughs> is really funny. It makes me wonder, like, should I have been less harsh on on prison school? Because I really hated prison school. Uh, no, no, that was trash, and you were right yeah, to hate I it. Yeah, I really did not like prison school at all. But this is the same artist and author, and I like this. I talked glowingly about how much I loved Futari Switch. Uh, I think they're both really funny, really well drawn. I mean, they're extraordinarily sexual. Well, what's a uh, what's another author where that's that's co- popped up before? Um, like, who's the guy that did that uh, uh, that workout anime that I talked about? Oh yes, uh, he has some other like fighting manga that he's doing that's real big right now. Well, he's that's the guy who's writing star uh the the most dangerous high school girl oh yeah yes yeah that's what i was talking about which you said you like i like a lot and then he t- he turned around and did this uh this titty workout anime <laughs> I, I don't know what the timeline is there or like what's going on because i didn't look too much into it and i didn't read the titty workout you read the titty workout I read Star. Uh, no, I I only watch the anime. Oh, okay. I have more dignity than that, <laughs> sir. Yeah, okay, all right. But yes, this is uh, this is a thing. I never read. This is one of those things. I mean, we've talked kind of a lot, but but it is like, a, what what do you do with those feelings, right? Because this happens to me a lot. I mean, you you box them up and you put them in the vault. You just try not to think about it. Because I've I've yeah. read so many manga that I find just absolutely very very charming or extremely compelling or cute and funny but then there is that there's just that glaring that glaring thing let me put it this way you've read so much manga at this point and watched so much anime we both have that statistically the the human life cost is at a non-zero amount (laughs) if you could look up your your game time on manga it would probably truly demoralize me i would probably have to shut down for a couple months (laughs) yeah well let me let me put it like this i went back to one piece i'm still barreling through i'm i'm now for my my second read through i'm now in the mid 700s listen do you ever really leave one piece well i i stopped reading for a while and it started accumulating again like a like a, a light snow and so i had to return and instead of just going straight back to the chapters, I decide, you know what? This time, I'm going to read the color chapters. And so that's what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And uh, the color chapters... Now, are these official official or fan No, official colors. colors uh, they look really good. Okay. I really like the color choices. It's fun to see uh, what colors they choose for Luffy's uh, vest. Sometimes it's blue. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I would say that internationally, the anime is is more pervasive than the manga would you would you agree to that does that seem I right think most people watch anime rather than read yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. draw your own conclusions I, from that I think statement that's, that's probably pretty true 
I mean, the anime is pretty solidified in his vest being red. They they made a choice very early on that he is a red guy, but that is not always and consistent. And this is Oda making the color decisions, right? Or at least he's doing the final sign-offs? Who knows? I don't know what the process is like that. But I will say, I, so I am now in mid-700s, and uh, if you've read One Piece, you, you could probably put it together. Uh, I am nearing the end of the Dressrosa arc, mm-hmm. and... In the Dress Rosa arc, he's wearing a black unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt with uh, sunflowers all over it, uh, which is my favorite My favorite Luffy look. It looks awesome. He looks fucking cool. Sunflower on black background is like such a good it's look. It's such a good look. And he looks he looks yeah. fucking kick-ass in it. It's, a, it's great. He also, they're all supposed to be in disguise. So for most of this arc, he's wearing a, a Master Roshi white beard on top of it and sunglasses. <laughs> uh, and he looks fucking cool as hell. Uh, it's a good look. But, uh, Mate, you know what tripped me up? Uh, sorry to what? interrupt, but I just read somewhere that and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I read wrong, but Lu- Luffy and Usopp are supposed to be the same age. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They're all kind of similar in age. I don't know. For some reason, I have Luffy locked in at like 14 or 15 in my head. And for some reason, I, I always assumed Usopp was older. It's probably the nose thing. It could be the Tengu. Yeah. 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 Um, well, no. Luffy begins the series at uh, like seventeen, and then okay. at least three years pass. So he's in like after the time skip, it's made pretty clear that he's like nineteen or twenty. Hey, what's the canon age of Bugs Bunny? <laughs> Bugs Bunny is an immortal <laughs> trickster god. Everybody knows this. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So, but here's my here's here's where I'm looping in, right? So mm-hmm. in Dress Rosa, this is sort of notorious. I mean, people talk about Oda's the way Oda draws women and treats women in, in One Piece quite a lot, and I have a lot to say about like that kind of stuff. But in Dress Rosa in particular, Luffy joins a Colosseum battle, right? And this is we get we get our basically our first like tournament arc. Even though o- Oda's version of a tournament arc is not exactly what you would consider a tournament arc, but we meet our 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 island hero. You know how each each arc is an island, and each island has kind of their own protagonist that it like complements the Straw Hat crew in Dress Rosa. Yeah, that's like the big strength of the entire press. Yes, it's a it's a it's a truly a winning formula, and it kicks ass. And in this in Dress Rosa, uh, which funny enough is just Spain, it's just Spain. It's just Spain. It's just Spain. Okay. But with a Roman Colosseum stuck in the middle, for some reason, we meet uh, Rebecca, and Rebecca is a gladiator, and she has long pink hair, and she wears a set of golden armor. Except the golden armor is nothing but like a extremely small sequin bikini, essentially. I know the character that you're talking about. Yes, yes. you can probably picture. Yes, and it's not even a bikini because yeah. it's really a sequin loincloth. <laughs> And so, we, which is cool, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> we spend a lot of time with this character, and putting aside that kind of stuff, the way she's treated in the story, there's ups and downs. I'll put it like that. Uh, but the way she is treated in the meta text, the like the author notes and the Q and A, which is included in the colored copies, right? Uh huh. Lots of people write in over the course of Dressed Rosa and be like, "Wow." 
So Oda, like, what's what's going on underneath that bikini? And Oda's like, ha ha ha, well, wouldn't we all like to find out? Ha ha ha, wink wink. You know, he does lots of that kind of shit, which is, like, uncomfortable to me, personally. Yeah, no, I don't like that. I don't that. like that. It, but then, as the arc closes, it is revealed that this entire time, uh, Rebecca is, like, 16. Yeah. And Oda has known this the entire time and has still been making these comments about this 16-year-old girl he has put in a sequin micro-bikini. And that sort of strikes at the heart of this entire conundrum. What am I supposed to do with that? Because that now sits directly at the heart of this entire island arc. So you hit you hit that point, right? Uh, we get the we get Rebecca's whole backstory, her tragic sob story, uh-huh. being that she was uh, she's the displaced princess uh, of a fallen kingdom, right? Right. Pops up a lot. That kind of clashes up against my other problem with One Piece, being that it is monarchist, like half the time. I I mean, we can get into like <laughs> Japan's history with with monarchism, but they just still think that it's kind of like a cool thing to do. Well, I don't think that's specific to Japan. I see people post online all the time about how democracy has failed. We <laughs> must return to kingdoms. No, don't be like, fooled by bro, by neo-monarchist meme rhetoric online like it's all just it's all just fascism bro they mean it though they really believe that shit hey kings are actually cool and awesome actually (laughs) but like okay uh let me just do a really quick whip through um uh alabasta they reimpose a king Mm -hmm. um in mermaid kingdom they save a kingdom from being deposed uh in dress rosa they overthrow one king so that they can reimpose the previous king uh, <laughs> this this is a cycle that continues throughout One Piece. Now, he is at one point uh, directly antagonistic towards the world government and the uh, the empire that uh, controls the world government. So we know like he's not just blindly into kingdoms. He's really more of a kind of one good king type of guy. Well, I'm just wondering how the system holds up to the fact that this is like a world of fantastical godlike superpowers, right? And yeah. like how does a monarchy how does a monarchy retain legitimacy against that against if there's just like a dude who can control uh you know all sand waltzes in and fucking <laughs> uh you know kills you with his sand powers and you're just a dude with a crown well it the answer one piece comes to is uh you just lose your kingdom unless someone like luffy shows up and saves it and gives it back to you willingly okay but that assumption means that they are starting from a point where there is some kind of metaphysical quality to that individual that makes them the king or or royalty or whatever, right? As opposed to legitimate. Yeah, it's called the divine right of kings, I dog. Know, what? Yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at. And and the divine right of kings doesn't hold up scrutiny when again there are people that can can just have the elemental control of fire waltz in, <laughs> right? You don't have to tell me, man. Tell Oda. This shit is fucking whack. It's whack as hell. 
But, uh, you know, Luffy is just a sucker for a good dude. I mean, I'm not trying to say One Piece is bad or anything, but I, do, come on. I personally do not like monarchies, even if the guy wearing the crown seems like a good dude from the 12 hours you've known him. Uh, what, uh, no, what I'm saying is give the, mon- give the monarchs more superpowers. Well, they do sometimes. I mean, the whole point of the world government is that they have uh, a monopoly on violence, right? That's, I mean, kind of the point of governments to begin with. Yes. Uh, and they have to assert that monopoly on violence in order to maintain control. So the world government... Now, this is explored. I mean, I will give it to to not shit on Oda completely here and to give Oda a couple credit. This is explored in some subtlety across uh, One Piece's 80-year run at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we if we I, count uh, work hours. One Piece, the first chapter of One Piece came out about six months before Steamboat Willie. Uh, Walt Disney was really pissed <laughs> off. Uh, and just another reason to begin reading One Piece. Just do it. Just do it. It doesn't take that long. I promise you. You're, you're going you're gonna to wear me down one of these days, but not today. You've got to do it, man. It's like, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm reading Dress Dress, even with all of these things I've just said. Mm-hmm. I, it's like the pace of it is impossible to put down. You're just like, the chapters start building on themselves over and over. And especially at this point in the story, which I am now three islands into post time skip and just every fucking check Oda writes has been cashed. The money is coming in and it's like paying off left and right. Everything is slotting together and it is so satisfying watching this massive work just start like zipping together. It's really fucking cool. And it makes reading it a fucking breeze because you just cannot put it down. These pages are turning themselves, dog. This shit is good. No, I know I don't have to be the one billionth person to say one piece fucking rules, but like it really, it really does. I mean, it I'm, I'm pretty sure you've talked about how much you like one piece on every episode of this show so far. I might have, I might have. And I'm not even like, I don't even consider myself like a huge one piece fan. That's not even usually the style of thing I I'm like super into. Uh, it's just it's just that good. Uh, shit, what was that? What was I even talking about? I can't oh. remember. <laughs> uh, getting 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 over the problematic aspect. Oh yes, yes, like, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. So that you were uh, talking Rebecca's about Rebecca thing, and yes, and her, Rebecca's thing is yeah. unfortunate. That's that's it's just at the end of the day, that's all I could really say is like. Man, why, 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 why do you got to do that? Well, it's like, um, why do you got to do that to us? You know, it's the the same argument from the creator of Near Automata. Shit, what's that guy's name? I should know that. He's a big wig. Yoko Taro. Yeah, Yoko Taro. People ask him why two B looks like that. He's like, because I fucking want her to look like that. Well, yes, and that people now quote that all the time as if that's like some great excuse. No, like, it's uh, not. That's exactly the opposite of what it is. It's not a great excuse. It's not. Uh, it, it's an appeal to base to base desire, which is the lowest form of wizardry. <laughs> It's look. I, I will say it's. I, I do not accept that particular argument. I understand why people would make that. Obviously, everybody has a right to create their own art the way they see fit. But like, it is intellectually lazy on every front. 
and it's if you want to be like if you want your art to be taken seriously like Yoko Taro obviously does uh fucking Nier Automata spends like half of its run making impossibly fucking pretentious references to like 19th and 20th century philosophers up and fucking down you can't turn around and be like yeah I made it so you can look at 2B's panties because like that's hot to me you can't just fucking do that dude <laughs> you you gotta pick a lane my man you gotta pick a lane I mean at the end of the day he did do it and <laughs> and we're here well I think he chose the lane of like Oh, actually, all that philosophical bullshit I was talking about, I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's It was just, like, something to put in the game. Well, it's the same It's the same thing with uh, Hideo Kojima and, and Quiet from Metal Gear Solid V, right? You'll be ashamed of your words <laughs> and deeds. <laughs> You'll all feel so stupid when you find out the real reason that she's half-naked the entire game. It's because it's hot. It's really hot in Afghanistan, that's why. <laughs> she was really hot. She had to take her clothes off. She she breathes through her skin. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking jaw dropping reveal! I'm still waiting for the shame to roll in. <laughs> um, uh, it might have come in on that like 12 minute car ride you you're forced to endure near the end of that game. Uh, oh, that was my favorite segment. I didn't have to do anything. I love sitting and listening to a video game character talk for extended amounts of time. It's one of my favorite things in video games. No, it's uh, it's legit like that joke from The Simpsons with Martin and the uh, My Dinner with Andre arcade game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> one of the earliest examples of a dialogue tree. You know what? I was surprised to find out that Bioware apparently has like a full copyright on dialogue wheels in games. Really? Yeah. That's stupid. Uh, that's why that's why dialogue in other games is always presented as either a D-pad option or as like a one two three four list, because Bioware apparently has the exclusive rights to use it as a radial wheel. Let them have it, because hmm. I think it's stupid anyway. I mean, I think that copyright on granular like game aspects like that is stupid to begin with. You know, the famous one is is the copyright on mini games during loading screens. Yeah, that's a very funny one. <laughs> it's funny. It's bullshit. It's it's really fucking stupid. It is really stupid. It's funny how stupid it is. The yeah. idea that you could be like no one's else is allowed to put uh, a little guy who you can make jump when the loading bar is on. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, or I will sue you in legal court. It appears in weird ways because like the the special edition PC re-release of Devil May Cry 3. So on the PS2 version of that game, during the loading screens, there was a kind of function where if you press the attack button, little sword swipe animations would play over the loading, you know, the little word that said loading in the corner of the screen. Yeah. Uh, and if you, if you did it enough, it would like break and explode and fall apart. And in subsequent releases of Devil May Cry 3, they've had to take that feature out because of that copyright. I wonder how that would actually stand up, like, in court. I wonder if if that's even enforceable, you know what I mean? Well, it's all a matter of who's willing to spend money on it. Obviously, it's cheaper to just take it out than fight it in court, right? I wonder, because, like, I definitely have played games, I guess not recently, but loading times have gotten so much better now I guess I wouldn't have even noticed but I definitely do remember a lot of games where you could do something there was some interactable thing 
uh, on the loading screen. You know what I will say? Uh, fuck loading screens. So I guess I'm not that concerned. I mean, it's, like, it's become kind of a moot point at this point, right? Because most games have tried to transition to the seamless loading screen style. Yes. Can I tell you something? Playing Spider-Man in Alan Wake 2, which was my last, basically my last month or so. In Spider-Man 2... There is uh, something that was also in uh, the newest Ratchet and Clank game. There are these uh, portals, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason, um, Sable gets her hands on a portal wand. And there are sequences of her quest where you are following her through portals. Okay. And what makes it... Fa- and this is one of those things where people say, like, oh, you know, graphical improvement has become so granular, you can't even really notice, like, games improving anymore but where it shows itself is stuff like the ratchet and clank or in spider-man 2 because there is no loading between these environments when you portal and it is one of like the most impressive modern game design things yeah i love that most of the portals are you like instantly traversing through the same environment but you are also chasing sable where she goes to entirely new segments of of uh, unique parts of the map that do not exist in New York. Like, there's one part where you swing through a portal and you're, like, in the Arctic for a few minutes, and it is seamless. It's fucking so cool. I mean, it's crazy that we've come so far from a spot in in game graphics where, it, you know, like, uh, mirror mirrors were seen yeah. as, as a huge graphical, like, uh, hurdle to overcome. Yeah, you know the workaround uh, that most developers kind of kind of settled on was just like, oh yeah, for mirrors we just make like a a copy of an opposite copy of the room you're in, and the mirror is just kind of like an invisible window. Yes, right. Yes, they would just emulate the entire the entire room just in opposite on the other side of the mirror. Yes, which is very funny. It's yet another one of those. Uh, crazy game design problem things yeah. that I love so much. But the 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 instant asset loading uh, thing is extraordinarily exciting to me because we've talked about this before, but one of the biggest things stopping games from being quote-unquote cinematic as they have been chasing forever, right, is the fact that you cannot smash cut. I, that sounds really simple and dumb, but you cannot instantly transition to a new scene in a video game and that causes massive amounts of pacing problems to for a story that's you know you're trying to tell in a in a visual and a cinematic way you cannot stop and load stuff that ruins the cinematic feel of a story so when i was playing alan wake 2 and they were taking advantage of this much faster and almost instantaneous asset loading. The the things in that game that they can get away with narratively because they have that speed and that ability to instantaneously load assets around Alan is genuinely exciting. And it's like one of the first times I felt excited about like gaming future tech in a really long time. Man, that's so cool. Uh, it's fucking cool as hell. Yeah, you know, my favorite... Short narrative game ever is Thirty Flights of Loving. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That that's also like uh, that takes a big spot uh, of brain space in my head. I think about that game a lot. Uh, Yeah, Thirty Flights of Loving by Blendo Games. Just a, a short game, short narrative experience type game. It's what maybe like. 
four or five minutes long tops? Maybe a little bit longer, but definitely uh, sub sub hour for sure. Oh yeah. It is the first game I think I ever played that does smash cuts. And it blew my fucking mind back in, I don't know, 2012, I guess. Uh, yeah, I would say around maybe a little later, maybe like uh, 2014. When did that game Whenever I out? played it. Yeah. That was around the same time that, uh, oh, shit. What was that first person uh, game where time is only moving when you're moving? Oh, super hot. Yeah, super hot. It was around the same time. That super hot came out. Yeah, super hot fucking rules. Yeah, I love super hot. Uh, actually, that was one of the only VR games I've ever played that like really fucking clicked. Playing super hot in VR is really cool, man. Yeah, 2012 is when 2012 is when 30 Flights of Loving came out. Right, and 30 Flights of Loving that instantly solidified in my mind what all of these cinematic quality games uh, are are missing. And it's the ability to cut between scenes. It's that simple, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you realize that's what's missing, you can't stop seeing it. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, so like I was saying before, the big push in video games has been trying to attain, you know, the one cut effect, basically, right? Yes, because it's literally easier to do that in a video game than it is to smash cut. Yeah, and I, that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. And what yeah, you were just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. is that like the next big hurdle is now that we have these instantaneous asset loading features, I would I hate the term cinematic being thrown around these days for video games uh, because I think it's stupid and I think it takes away <laughs> from uh, it, t- it pulls focus from what people should be like evaluating when they're playing a game. Right. Yeah, and also, like, all the games that people laud as cinematic are, like, kind of lame. They would be horrible movies. <laughs> they would be really bad movies. I think yeah. the, la- the, th- the funniest thing about this whole Last of Us thing is that I think The Last of Us kind of sucks and, like, yeah, is really boring narrative. Uh, I also that- did not... I was like, I, I played the first Last of Us. I'd never played the second, and it was like okay at best yeah i don't i don't actually like it that much yeah and people lost their minds over this show even though it is just it's just it's just another fucking like zombie survivor show we've had a million of those uh i think that i think that the appeal the biggest appeal of last of us is that it's a video game and not a movie or a show right because as you just said when it when it reverts to that form, it just becomes another zombie survival show. Yeah, it loses the only thing that makes it unique and interesting. Yeah, <laughs> they really, they... Uh, Which is crazy. We call that an own goal. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> did you see? And they really had to, like, fucking push their brains super hard because, remember, um, the Nathan Drake one came out and people could not give less of a shit. That was weird on so many levels. First and foremost was casting Andrew Garfield. No, not Andrew Garfield. The other one. Not Andrew Garfield. <laughs> the other um, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, the littler Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, shit, what's his name? <laughs> Little baby boy. Yeah. Um, He's dating Zendaya. Oh, I'm going to get it eventually. You're so close. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're really close. Nope. I'm Googling it. <laughs> Can I give you a clue? Yeah. Okay, his the first the first letter of his name is T. 
<laughs> it's not Toby Maguire. Tom Holland. Not Toby. Tom <laughs> Holland. You got yeah. it. See? Yeah. Okay. All right. You brought it there. Yeah. <laughs> Love me my Toby Spider-Man though. Get, uh, what was up with that casting though? No one buys him as any Nathan Drake. I know. Isn't that so weird? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if we're talking about casting, uh, you know, the the big sin, I think N- nothing's ever going to one up Scarlett Johansson and Ghost in the Shell for me. I mean, that's bad. That is bad. But like the guy they got to play Sully is, of course, Marky Mark, uh, like an actual hate crime <laughs> perpetrator. Hey, uh, hey, people, so, remember remember when Marky Mark beat that Vietnamese man? Yeah, I mean that's that that does take the cake for me personally. <laughs> like, why would you do that? <laughs> it's that seems pretty bad. Well, I don't know. Um, they just they a couple years ago they made that Santa Claus movie with Mel Gibson, so. God, I know. He keeps getting work. He just keeps getting work. That's really great. Okay, okay. anyway, uh, <laughs> let's take a break. I think we've like been so derailed. I we need to yeah. we need to reset really quick. Find our chi. Yeah, let me let me stop thinking about uh, hate crimes for a second and uh, refocus. <laughs> All right. Nothing going on in our lives. Nothing. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to lay it out all straight like that, Nate. There is nothing going on in your I life, mean, I, <laughs> and there's nothing going on in my life. Oh, okay, all uh, right. So that's why we have so much time to watch brand announcements. Now, these are the kinds of things that you get really excited about when your life is as empty as ours. Okay, I would like to point out that we are <laughs> legitimate authorities on this because we're not getting paid. We're doing this because we are so interested in it. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the only, and I swear to God, this is the only reason because our lives are so hollow and empty. Uh, that I would even know that Netflix geeked event happened. Netflix announced like a bunch of new stuff. I guess some of it was supposed to be a surprise. I had already heard some rumors about this first one. So I guess it probably wasn't that big of a surprise. But Netflix came out. They talked about some anime and anime adjacent things. And I just want to go over some of it to see. Let's let's take a let's take a, a temperature check. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Yeah. So the first thing that they announced, I love being a brand ambassador. Yeah, me too. It's so fun, especially when you don't get anything out of it. Yeah, uh, that's the coolest part. <laughs> uh, the first thing they dropped uh, was the oft rumored live action Avatar: The Last Airbender show. They are they are taking another swing. God bless them. They are taking another swing at the live action. I was surprised thing. that they were giving Mr. Shyamalan another shot after the first attempt. But uh, oh, oh, 
Oh, he doesn't have anything to do with this one. No, he went back to making good movies. <laughs> Is that what we're calling the visit? I, it, you picked the wrong one because I like that one. Yeah, that you one's would. Good. Pervert. That's a found footage movie. <laughs> that, that's my other genre. You really <laughs> fucked up. Uh, okay, let's 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 watch this trailer. This first trailer. Ready? All right. I'm just going to talk over this, but how familiar are you with, uh, you know, the the Avatar show? I've only watched it once and I came to it very late, much, much later than I think most people did. So I think I I don't really have that kind of childhood nostalgia for it. Yeah, Uh, it was airing on Nickelodeon at a time in my life where I didn't have television. So I just was disconnected from that whole that whole scene. I I watched it same situation. I I think I watched it when I was like 19, so maybe like 4 or 5 years after it was already off television. Yeah. I remember seeing it sparingly, you know, when when I was a kid on TV, but by that point I was like very much into like you know, my Nickelodeon is for little kids kind of phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, little did I know that like three years later, I would be getting stoned watching Adventure Time like daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you spoke too soon, man. Yeah. Basically, what I'm seeing here is we're getting a lot of highlight scenes from the original show that I recognize. We're getting our first look at the at the cast. Uh, I like that even in in Shyamalan's version and in this like they stick very adamantly to the fact that Aang is a little kid uh and and they cast you know i'm guessing the actor is probably like maybe 12 13 tops uh which is a good choice it's funny that you went there because like my, honestly my i like a lot of the cast i i think a lot of the cast looks great but our main trio uh, Aang and what was Soka and Aang, Sokka and Katara. Yeah, uh, Katara and Aang to me both read too young, and uh, Sokka looks like a fucking dork. Well, an he, unlikable dork. I mean, it. He just kind of is in the series, though. <laughs> <I guess laughs> that's it's, just kind of he, his thing. Yeah, he kind of is. I guess yeah. that's the. I don't know. There's something about him that rubs me wrong. Uh, the two kids, uh, Katara and Aang. I think look I, fine. They just look, yeah, I think they, they read they look a little fine. too young for me. Well, I I think that maybe that's projection on your part because in the series, if we're talking about official ages of the characters, like Aang is ten and Katara is like twelve when the series starts. Right, but 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 we're talking about anime ten and anime twelve. American anime, mind you. Yeah, which we'll get to. Yeah, that's a different episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Avatar proper later yeah. but like i i don't know it's it just uh, okay it, let me let me say this let me say this uh this yeah. trailer gave me big like if i could explain the subtext of this trailer from the producer's perspective it's yeah hey we're doing it again we know Shyamalan fucked up and look how uh, look how faithful we're being this time yeah that we're we're doing a make good on this one yeah it, it gives big like uh, British petroleum like we're sorry energy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think I think this one's gonna play it super straight, and it's all gonna have to be on the performances of this one little kid. And uh, as we know from Stranger Things, a child actor is a real fucking gamble. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe he'll be fine. Maybe not. But we do know that 
if the show is actually popular, he will end up being 18 before they yeah. make it to like <laughs> season three. Uh, it'll be really awkward to try to explain that away. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, Netflix is working on a reverse human growth hormone right now for exactly that reason. Yeah, that's why season five of Stranger Things has been taking so long. <laughs> that's why they had to split it up into two parts. <laughs> okay, let's do let's do the next one. Okay, this is a big announcement. I probably shouldn't be that surprised about this, but... Yu Yu Hakusho, live action Yu Yu Hakusho. Hell yeah, baby. And this is like coming out next month, which is crazy. I mean, let me let me just say that uh, I can say confidently at this point that Yu Yu Hakusho is probably one of my favorite uh, anime, uh, definitely favorite shonen anime of all time. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put it up there, you know, uh, top three list for me. Yeah, which is funny because... Uh, I'm not, uh, by no means against Yu Yu Hakusho. I think Yu Yu Hakusho is No, cool. you're, a, you're a hunter by hunter guy. But uh, yeah, as far as Togashi <laughs> manga goes, I think Hunter Hunter is the one. Like, I love Hunter Hunter. And I'm glad that they chose to do Yu Yu Hakusho instead of Hunter Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just really going to say it. I'm just going to say it while we're here. Gon's hair is stupid. <laughs> and that's the reason that I won't read it. Yeah, but you know what? The payoff on that stupid hair is one of the best things that has ever happened in anime. Wait, there's a canon reason that his hair is stupid? There is there is a punchline to the hair that is amazing. <laughs> it's even better. It's even better than Goku's Super Saiyan hair. That's all I'll say right now. Let's watch. Uh, what about the what about the Luffy being immune to electricity gag? I mean, that's really good, but that doesn't have anything to do with his hair. <laughs> Let's watch this Yu Yu Hakusho trailer. All right, all right. Starting it now. Now, it does occur to me, Bleach did just rip this off, right? Oh, yeah. Basically, any, like, demon hunter, spirit hunter, Shikigami story. Yeah. Uh, that's all That's all ripping off Yu Yu, Yu Hakusho. It's definitely got Yu Yu Hakusho DNA in it. I would say even something like uh, more contemporary, like Chainsaw Man or, or Jujutsu Kaisen, you can still feel the echoes of Yu Yu Hakusho in the DNA of their premise, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's the shounen lineage, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, already I'm getting we talked about we talked about hair and costuming mm -hmm. being one of the live act the of the three sins, CGI, hair and and costuming. And I have to say there is some bad hair and costuming right off the bat. Oh yeah, for sure. Um uh what's the uh, the red hair guy? I can't remember his character's name right now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, we just got to the part where they revealed Goro and his weird little brother that sits on his shoulder, and it's the most it's the funniest thing. Holy shit. Man, I have, I I actually think the commitment to just doing it is actually pretty impressive. It's like Jabba's weird little guy that sits on his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> salacious crumb yeah yeah damn dude i so the cgi for the most part <laughs> looks not great but not bad to my eye the costuming seems okay especially considering that like none of them are too outlandish we are not speaking about jojo costumes here yu yu Hakusho is a little more conservative than that the the hair is not good though 
No. We just saw a torrent of terrible wigs. You know, speaking of, you know, we one of our tropes that we've talked about is manga or anime abandoning the premise. Yeah. You know, after the initial setup. Yu Yu Hakusho is one of the worst offenders. Like, it, you're full-on led to believe that it is going to develop into... Yeah. Like, he is a spirit detective, right? Yeah, a ghost detective. Yeah. And, and he's going to be going on, like, maybe you know, noir-esque, like, spirit mystery cases. Right, exactly. Uh, and then almost immediately after the first, like, uh, mystery, uh, if you can call it that, that he solves, it just, like, it devolves into three de- three separate tournament arcs right in a row, and that's the entire series. <laughs> yeah, essentially, he picks up his crew. Mm-hmm. And then we're just fighting guys. And, that's, you know, I mean, I mean, it, it basically invented the, I mean, I'm, no, it didn't invent the tournament arc, but I think it solidified it from what Dragon Ball, like, put down initially, right? Uh, I, I think there's there's a complicated lineage there because also tournament arcs come straight from, like, a bunch of Hong Kong martial arts movies. There is an infinite amount of uh, tournament martial arts movies from like the 60s and 70s yeah uh, well yeah okay, yeah uh, and i think that's borrowing from if that. we're talking about it, that's probably the biggest influence you know yeah and that's where dragon ball got it from yeah but it looks like this season is probably not even going to get to any of the tournament stuff no no uh, did you what i from what i saw they go all the way through the dark tournament really did you see that uh i saw at the very least them uh some some teaser shots of them fighting Goro's team during the fight the dark tournament. Oh. Oh, I must not have recognized it. You know, there there was one shot that showed uh one of Goro's team, the guy that is kind of like dressed uh the the only <laughs> comparable thing I can think of is like Shredder from Ninja Turtles, but kind <laughs> of like that traditional like samurai armor look with the cool. uh, with the face mask and that yeah. guy was definitely introduced in the dark tournament in the manga uh, or in the anime. Well, maybe they're doing that whole like hour long episode thing. I would say more that they're doing a truncated version of the whole thing because the fact that they have Goro in it at all uh, indicates that they're going at least partially into the dark tournament arc uh, because he shows up as the main antagonist of that. You know, it kind of goes like, uh, you know, Yusuke gets his powers kind of gets set up as the spirit detective kind of thing. Yeah. And then he goes to meet the uh, the old lady that's going to train him on how to be a better spirit fighter. And that rolls directly into the dark tournament. Well, I'm 100% going to check it out. I think if the CGI is egregiously bad in the first episode, though, I'm probably not going to make the push to go forward. I, I mean, I don't think that any of the things that we're talking about uh, we're going to have to make some kind of commitment to based on <laughs> on teaser quality at this point. Well, that, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, okay, this is this is a funny one. This is something I never would have expected. Mainly because I think the I shudder to say it, the IP has been beaten into the dirt. <laughs> Netflix has announced the You're talking about a Titanic anime, right? That'd be so fucking sick. <laughs> Billy Zane, anime Billy Zane. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> there is a, a Terminator anime, and the last Terminator movie was actually not bad. I liked it, I have to say. 
but it was coming on the heels of about like four really, really bad whiffs. You know what I mean? I have not seen all of the Terminator canon. I've seen one and two and three. And that's it. Okay, well, so you missed out on the really the worst ones. The Christian Bale era, specifically. Okay, all right, well. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Now, let's yeah. watch this. <laughs> let's watch this. Let's watch yeah. this trailer. All right. <laughs> I'm kind of excited, because I like Terminator. Now, referencing Dark Fate right off the bat is not a good sign. Uh, that was the one with uh, Amelia Tyler? Uh, that was the one with Christian Bale. Oh, that was the one with Christian Bale, which was the one with Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Well, she was on the TV show. Right. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay, so there was basically they didn't show There's anything nothing. here. No, they just showed a title card that said Terminator. Now, I will say the, the production IG is on this, which actually gives me a lot of hope. I mean... That is actually the coolest thing uh, we've seen so far. Yes, that is uh, a, a big bonus in its favor at this point. But what could it possibly be? I mean, that's like... <sighs> Okay, that's like going back to the uh, Resident Evil, or, or not Resident Evil, Silent Hills PT hype. Like, hey, it's got Guillermo del Toro and it's got Junji Ito and Jun and Hideo Kojima is making it, right? Like, we don't know yeah, what production yeah. IG is going to do at this point. They oh, of course not. This is just a teaser trailer that says Terminator. Yeah, I'm banking on the idea that this is a reboot and not an attempt to continue the canon because the canon has been completely annihilated at this point. Well, it's a time travel story. I have the attitude that you shouldn't be you shouldn't be trying to implement any kind of logic to it be, to begin with. It's a time travel story. You can just do whatever the fuck you want and say like, oh, yeah, they went back in time and, and changed it to be this way and i'm on board with that that's cool and legal and you should do that yeah i i think the various attempts have been uh not promising uh even with that mentality it looks like in this one it is pretty much a complete reboot so that actually again that does give me a little hope is arnold involved is he going to be voicing the terminator oh we do not need another arnold involvement believe me <laughs> that is not necessary yeah uh I don't know. I uh, that could go either way. It seems like it would be weird if it's the Arnold Terminator and they don't get him to voice it. I'm not saying that like Any, I'm diehard. Anybody hard. can do that voice. <sighs> anybody can do the Arnold Terminator voice. Anyway, every single person on Earth has a Terminator Arnold. Hey, hey, Tom Kenny, show us your Terminator. Carlos Alzaki, show us your Terminator. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i i don't know i don't know i kind of hope it isn't arnold but i wouldn't be mad at it he is so iconic uh hopefully he makes somebody it, take it their feels clothes off. like the marketing decision that netflix would make for this right like oh yeah we're doing a terminator anime we got to get arnold involved yes i do believe that's written into their like algorithm <laughs> their formula for creating shows the incels will riot if we don't get arnold involved well i'm we'll have to see Okay, here's a here's a weird one. The Witcher. Now, The Witcher did have an animated feature a couple years ago. Did it? But now that I guess the live act, yes, it did. It was a prequel based on um, the the older guy. Huh. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, it was fine. It's whatever. Now, I'm not the biggest Witcher fan, but I have read all the books and played all the games. 
Um, I mean, you sound <laughs> so, like a pretty big witch fan. And watched uh, that animated movie and the first season of the show. <laughs> um, so. You sound exactly like comic, like American comic fans right now. Like, uh, you know, I'm not a big fight- Spider-Man fan. I've just been following the series since like the 80s. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yes, I fucking I said at the top. I do not have anything going on in my life. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, at least you're brave enough to admit it. Yeah. I, I will I I will shout it from the rooftops. I'm the first one to admit it. <laughs> I don't really know why they're doing more animated stuff unless the live action stuff has been going very badly. And that's well, okay. That's a big possibility. The, okay. Well, the live action stuff has been going very badly, uh, but mostly because it's just like bad. And and I hate to point that out because a bunch of people are going to jump on and say, like, yeah, it's because they tried to make The Witcher woke and that's why Henry Cavill left or whatever. Uh, because that's been the big controversy with the live action show is that uh, Henry Cavill doesn't want to do it anymore. He doesn't like the writing and, and one of the Hemsworth brothers, I think, is going to take over. I don't really care. Liam? Uh, I, yeah, I think Liam. I don't really care. I watched the first season of that show and like half of the second and was like, okay, this is like all right, but it it wasn't doing much for me, especially not Henry Cavill's performance. Uh, I've I've said since day one, Henry Cavill was the wrong guy. He's too sexy. Uh, Geralt is not supposed to be sexy. That is a huge misunderstanding. (laughs) He's supposed to be like a, a gross, weird, scarred up dude. Who spends all his time yeah, in the he's woods? He's like a gross old man. Uh, I cannot ma- I cannot stress that enough. Geralt is like a creepy, gross old man, and he has like fucked up, weird cat eyes, and he's covered in scars, and he's like he smells bad. He's all greasy all the time. Uh, he he sleeps in the mud every day. He's not supposed to be sexy. Okay, but what's the downside? <laughs> well, the downside is his job is to die for <laughs> a bunch of peasants who hate him. Uh, that's kind of his big hang-up in the, in Yo, the books. Yeah, that's least. just called being a millennial. <laughs> uh, he, I, I always said, uh, if you dirtied up Jason Statham, that would be much closer to an actual Geralt. Uh, fuck that. I think that uh, Walton Goggins would make the best Geralt. <laughs> I would not be mad at a Walton Goggins Geralt, but that's because I love Walton Goggins no matter what. Like, 100% no stand that dude. Uh, everything he does is gold. I love him. I, I 100% simp for Walton Goggins. Uh, absolutely. If you haven't seen I'm a Virgo yet, he plays uh, a sad Iron Man, and it is one of the best performances uh, on television. It's extremely fucking incredibly funny. Uh, go watch I'm a Virgo. I'm serious. It's really good. Okay, now, let's watch uh, this let's, Witcher trailer. Let's watch the Witcher trailer. Okay. <laughs> it looks like gargoyles. Yeah, right no, off it's the got bat. it's the purple lightning bolts. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. All right, Geralt. He's got he's got the red eyes. He's talking about uh, he's doing that uh, you puny humans thing, right? You, you humans. Yeah. Okay. Well, right off the bat, I have to say um, they got Doug Cockle who does the the voice uh, in the games. And uh, I don't think he sounds very good. Sorry, Doug Cockle. I, I think you're probably fine. But uh, it, this, this is not a great showing for you. Doug Cockle is not the guy that I would think that people would have like a uh, a David Hater level of 
support, like fan support for, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I don't really care that much about Doug Coggle. I don't think he's like Who, the who's another like all. iconic voice actor that you couldn't imagine, uh, like s- someone else doing the role, like John DiMaggio. In... Charles Martinet. <laughs> you don't think Chris? Uh, uh, you don't think Chris Pratt <laughs> did him justice? I don't. I don't think he nailed his wahoos. Wahoo! <laughs> hey, listen. If I was Mario in this situation, all I would have to say is wahoo! Wahoo! Yahey! Aha! Ahoo! Now the animation. We only got a couple seconds, uh, but also weirdly not promising no it's very stiff it's very um i i want to say like knockoff castlevania but it's it's more like have you watched any of that invincible show that's on amazon yes yeah i watched the first season of that it reminds me of invincible just very stiff kind of flash uh reminiscent uh animation yeah uh obviously doing some some very like uh uh, rigid digital modeling going on here. Yeah, I don't. I do not think Invincible looks very good. Uh, I don't think that Invincible is very good. Period. <laughs> it's very popular though. Yeah, well, The Boys is very popular too, and I also don't think that's very good. Well, I will say I watched that spinoff Boys Gen V. Yeah, I don't know why. I liked it. You know, it's it's not that bad. I I thought it was kind of cool. Actually, no, I do know why. It's because you have nothing going on in your life right now. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Why did you, why was that in doubt? (laughs) I just put it on and it was like, it's fine. She has uh, the blood manipulation powers. The main character does from Jujutsu Kaisen, which was uh, like a weird moment of serendipity. thought that was kind of weird. I'm sorry. I, I, this screenshot what? from Raw Hero is still on my on my screen <laughs> in Discord, and it's very distracting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah. Read read Raw Hero. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, here I'll I'll give you another one. All right, all right. Okay. <laughs> oh no, that's worse. <laughs> that didn't solve the problem at all. <laughs> okay, obviously, uh, Witcher, whatever. Who cares? Um, who gives a shit about the Witcher? Who, who gives a shit about the Witcher? You know, especially if we're talking about CD Projekt like IP, uh, there's there's no point in talking about anything other than Edge Runners, right? Yeah, uh, DLC was not great. Edge Runners still the best thing that's ever happened to Cyberpunk. <laughs> Well, yeah, Phantom Liberty was stupid. Uh, sorry, uh, Idris Elba. You, you, you made a bad decision there. You burnt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, Edge Runners is is always going to be better than anything that CD Projekt Red has ever made, right? Uh, probably, yeah. I don't think they're ever going to top that. Let's, let's do, okay, here, let's do one more. What, what, what else we got? What else we got here? We've got one more. Let's do this last one. This is... The Masters of the Universe Revolution. Fuck, absolutely not. Do not care. Do not care about Masters <laughs> Universe. That is that is Gen X shit. I don't. That's not my bait. Okay. All right. All right. Final. This this one is very strange. They are doing a, a dual Ultraman release. I don't know very much about. So there's doing a, an American Ultraman movie and a Japanese Ultraman movie. The American Ultraman movie is going to be on. Apparently, it's an X Netflix exclusive. I don't know how they manage that. I don't know much about the Japanese one, but we've got a a trailer for the American one. So let's watch this. All right, here we go. 
Now, the first thing, of course, is that this is a CGI movie. This is not anime, and it is not live action. Well, okay. I mean, there's a whole discussion to be made as whether or not CGI counts as anime. This is a uniquely American production, so I'll, I'll say no for now. But Well, I, uh, yeah. I mean, even if we had that conversation, this is definitely not an anime-type 3D animation. Uh, it's, I mean, we get right off the bat, we're getting visual references to Godzilla, to Rodan, the French composer Rodin. <laughs> he, he was a sculptor. Yeah. <laughs> close, close. No, I, oh shit, I'm thinking of Chopin. Damn it. Yeah, Damn it. You're pretty close. You <laughs> fucked up. Now, the thing about this one is that it has the modern Pixar movie sensibility. Yeah. Everybody looks like the critic from Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's sort of a. It has that kind of action movie-ish uh, head nod, but at the same time, it is also about, like, it's clearly about being a dad, you know, which is, yeah. like, so Pixar-y, modern Pixar-y thing. Well, I mean, uh, Enter the Spider-Verse was about being a dad, kind of. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's about being a Spider-Man, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Spider-Man can be dads, too. That was uh, that was Peter B. Har- Parker's whole plot. First and foremost, it's about being a Spider-Man. That's what all Spider-Man properties are about. It's about being Spider-Mans. Yeah, Spider-Man are dads by default. Uh, only to other Spider-Mans. And that's canon. It's that's true. actually canon. That is canon. Yeah. Now, this one, he's our Ultraman is being a dad to a kaiju, which looks like a big chicken. Am I wrong? It looked kind of uh, like a big chicken. I mean, it's, yes, it's the beak, but I think it's uh, going for kind of like a megalon kind of like thing. Uh, it's got the beak and the and the ear frills, whatever you want to call have, those. Yeah, sort of fins. Yeah. And uh, I so I don't know what to make of that. I mean, it, it, it reminds me of that Astro Boy CG movie that came out a few years ago. Do you remember that? I do, but I did not watch it. I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do there's it. There's a there's a weird quality that all of these adaptations have, you know, uh, that they're trying to Americanize or Westernize uh, the the appeal of the characters of their design. Um, and I'm not sure. I can't pin it down more than that, which is frustrating. It's a it's a sanding of the edges. Yeah, is uh, step one. Uh, kind of babyfying. A little bit. Uh, I think the the tonal thing that I find very fascinating, but a little off putting, is that I think the Pixar thing is a sort of obsession with making a children's movie for adults. Do you know what I mean when I say that? So okay, I like that you bring that up because I feel like Western animation has yet to shake off this veil uh, or this you know this uh, mask of like of making a statement that animation isn't just for kids, whereas anime for a long time has ignored that concept entirely. And it, just, has, it doesn't even care. It, it doesn't does even not think care. about that. Western animation is still trying to shake off the stigma of cartoons being for kids, whereas that's never been an issue from day one in anime. I think, well... I think it's no, I think it, it, there's sort of a, there was a dual evolution there. And, 
we can look at like where they both came from. I mean, the the dual evolution, the dual evolution is Tezuka uh, saying that Donald Duck should be horny. Actually, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like Walt Disney said, animation. We are making animation, and it's explicitly going to be uh, like children's fairy tales. Um, and then there was Tezuka who said, that's a great idea, but can they fuck each other? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's where this, I mean, that's, and they just kind of grew away from each other. But now we have sort of this Pixar thing. And I want to say modern Pixar, because I really think when they started with stuff like Toy Story, Toy Story was very much just incidentally a children's movie that worked for adults because it was just sincere in that way. But I think there is a lot of, animated movies in the West now, which are specifically designed as children movies for adults, which is uh, just a really bizarre way that the animation studios, and I don't blame the animators, I blame like producers and executives, twisting that idea that things have, like animation can be for adults, but instead of it being for adults, it is children's movies for adults. Okay, well, it's it's funny that you bring that up because when you say children's movies but for adults, like the first thing that comes to my head is Steven Universe, which is famously like <laughs> very animator driven uh, and 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 minimal producer control. Oh, we got to be careful. We yeah, gotta be careful about what we say about Steven Universe. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh, I, no. Hey, hey, I love it. Yeah, uh, one of my I, one of my I favorite like, shows of all time. I I like Steven Universe. Steven Steven Universe is is good. It's really good. It's almost as good as Adventure Time. Hey, that's a real <laughs> good cartoon you made, Rebecca. <laughs> that's a really good cartoon, Rebecca. Please don't send me to the cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, mostly this like late Pixar output, um, especially yeah, like okay, what, yes. as the Disney as the Disney ones have merged as well. I'm thinking like recently there was like stuff like Soul. And yeah. uh, Elemental, mm-hmm. right? And these are movies that are ostensibly about, you know, kind of uh, grown up, quote unquote, grown up content. But they are still working in the mode of children's movies, which is just very strange to me. I really think it's just something where it's gotten like, like Christmas lights. Our aesthetic imagination has become uh, tangled within itself and now needs to be like extricated before we can move forward with what animation could actually be in the West. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. that is oh, exactly yeah, the feeling. That is exactly the feeling I'm getting from this Ultraman trailer is that it is simultaneously for an older L- audience. Listen, it's for it's for millennial dads who may have heard of Ultraman at some point. Yeah, and it's but it's also being presented in the mode of a like soft child's movie. Yes. Right? Yes. The very definition of PG. Uh, and that's very weird. That's very weird it, to me. It's weird. It, it it presents the subject matter in like prepackaged in a state of arrested development. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I think that's something like I, I talked, I think I said some pretty nice things about that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that came out pretty recently. You said you liked it, which is pretty much the highest form of praise you can give out. I did like it. I thought it was good, but it has a very similar problem again, where like it clearly has a, a thing that it wants to be, but it consistently undermines that thing because it feels that it is tonally still a children's movie right and so i mean it well, is because too- that's what it is in, in, in terms of like funding 
and pitching the story to, you know, producers and executives and the people making the money decisions, they can't just say like, yeah, we're making this kind of like, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's a story about fatherhood and growing up and, and, you know, it's full of uh, millennial references, but, but we need to present it as, as a kid's movie as the heir of a kid's movie to get that Nickelodeon money because who else is going to fund a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie aimed at 35-year-old dads? Yeah, but isn't that so weird? Because in the 90s, we had those. Those fucking super weird Ninja Turtles movies where they had full-on prosthetics, uh, those had no problems being for adults. You know what I mean? That was just weird shit. I've, I've got to say, I have no idea what you mean. I, what movies are you talking about? Are you fucking kidding me? You haven't seen the live-action Ninja Turtles movies? Oh, those, the live-action ones. Okay, yes, those ones. Those yeah. are just weird-ass well, movies. Well, those ones were famous because they they were weird, and they took on a much darker tone yeah. to the whole property than the cartoon ever did, right? They were just weird. Uh, in a way that Ninja Turtles, this m- new one, never allowed itself to be. I mean, and again, I well, like. Okay, it. well, this new one does not benefit from having wet puppets involved. No, it does not. It it uh, it alludes to wet puppets, but it does not have wet puppets. That is by far the best uh, the best feature of those early. Uh, of those live action Ninja Turtles movies because <laughs> yeah. at any moment those turtle puppets look like they could like bust into John Carpenter's The Thing mutations. Well, there were guys in those things. Uh, I mean, it was a combination of bodysuits with with like a motorized puppet head. They had a, a puppeteer controlling the mouth movements off screen. Yes, yeah, so, well, the whole thing was strange. I, I guess Man, what I'm movies, I want to rewatch for, those. Those movies were dope. You should. You should. They're fucking weird. I guess what I'm what I'm waiting for is the next step because we have made like fucking light years of progress with Enter the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse. We don't have to get back into it. Obviously, it's amazing. But the next step is something at that that quality that doesn't hold itself back from telling an actual quote unquote mature story. You know what I mean? Right. That would be the next step to take us into like the future of actual Western animation. Uh, and some of that stuff is happening just not in America. I mean, you know, it 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 boils down to that that what we were talking about earlier, like edginess, like what qualifies as like a mature story. Right. Yeah. Is that just adding like swearing and, and tits to the cartoon? I don't think so. <laughs> You no, know, I don't think so either. Uh, but I feel like a lot of people do, uh, as as uh, exemplified by how popular uh, Invincible is, which I think is like kind of a dumb and, and stupid story overall. If you've read the comic, <laughs> <laughs> sorry people, sorry, you've done. People have done like evil Superman in a many more interesting ways than it was presented in in invincible here's here's what i'll say about invincible i think there is a mature aspect of invincible in that what you are doing is you're metaphorizing 
uh, a sort of metaphorizing. Yes, you are metaphor. You're creating a metaphor of. You are metaphorizing. Oh, okay, all right. I learned a new word. You're metaphorizing a complicated father-son relationship, wherein a son has an inferiority complex to his father, and he is dealing with that in an almost a kind of edging towards an Oedipal complex, right? Mm-hmm. And it, the the idea of the superhero part is the metaphorization you are you are making literal what is emotional and if you had explored that that is a mature take on on superheroes because that is exploring something that is actually interesting right i but yeah i guess taking that part of it and sublimating it to the blood and gore and tits and stuff and swearing is uh, quote unquote of uh, uh, vulgarizing that element of the story is sinking it back into a, a teenager's idea of a mature story. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, yes, I agree. There is a mature story in there, and the mature story is about the relationship of a father and a son, and a son having to come to terms that the man he's looked up to his entire life is not good. He's not a good man. Even though he is a strong man and a capable man, that doesn't make him a good man. And realizing that is what drives him into adulthood. That is a mature story. That is really interesting emotional themes to explore. The show does not want to explore that very much. You get glimpses of it. I'm not saying it's completely sublimated, but the show is much more interested in being like a, a more adult swimmy, like funny, edgy cartoon than it is exploring those shows. Hey, what if Omni-Man uh, made that guy's head explode? Yeah, or like, you know, what if the Jason Manzuka's character like quipped a lot before like smashing a guy's head in with a car? I, I think we are we are again sitting here and there's examples we could pull, uh, but we are still sitting here waiting for that next uh massive leap forward it can't come soon enough and yes and i guess the the point being that we just went through netflix's new shit and it did not it's not there uh oh yeah no i'm not excited for any of these things that we talked about yeah we we did we looked through them and uh uh we didn't find one uh so i i I guess that's what we were driving towards yeah Uh, no (laughs) (laughs) marge is this a good ending or a bad ending (laughs) look it's an ending yeah i don't know hey maybe that uh that fucking Zack snyder's rebel moon movie will be really great and blow us all away who knows listen you lost me at Zack snyder (laughs) yeah i I guess we'll find out that one's about uh elon musk's mars (laughs) oh great I wonder what Zack Snyder has to say about moral relativism at this uh, uh, at this time. Yeah, it's maybe this is maybe the most I don't want to get into it, but this is probably the most awkward time for this particular movie to come out in all of history. Anyway, look up <laughs> the description of that movie and uh, tell me I'm wrong. Anyway, uh, so that's um, we talked about anime today. Uh, I think and we we did. I think I definitely talked about One Piece at one point. So technically, we have fulfilled our obligation to you by talking about anime for yet another week (laughs) the demons will will not eat our soul for seven more days as per the deal yep we've slipped even further down the anime death spiral we see death approaching and uh i don't know i guess we'll try to well maybe not because next week we discuss talking about uh american anime 
So maybe we'll we won't even be talking about anime next week either. But it's going to depend on on how we settle on a definition. But that is a that's actually a, a topic that I'm excited to get into. I'm, I've been looking forward to that to that one. Let's let's get into a big argument about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll talk about Scavenger's Reign. We'll talk about uh, Scott Pilgrim. We'll talk about Blue Eyes Samurai. We'll talk about Batman Beyond. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you see, that's the well, argument point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we immediately we get contentious. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, handsome, beautiful listeners, I'm so glad you managed to make through uh, probably the most rambling we've ever had on one of these episodes so far. Could that possibly <laughs> it, be true? Uh, it, it's top five. Top five for sure. Okay. Well, g- give yourself a gold star because I know this was a tough one. Uh, thanks for sticking around. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that you followed us through the trees there and came out the other end with us. <laughs> Scars and all. Yeah. Uh, okay. You can go to sleep now. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, check us out on TikTok at Anime Death Spiral. I'm oh, making the videos. Geez. I'm putting them up there. He's doing the thing. Yeah, I'm doing the thing. Check us out. Yeah, do it. Like, thing. subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things. Do all the stupid shit that people tell you to do. Um, yeah. But do it for us this time because we're actually worth it. We're your best friends, remember? I, I, I know I know who I'm talking to. You know I'm talking to you personally <laughs> right now, so go do it. Go do it. <laughs> Don't make me come down there. I'll come over there and I'll make you do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do it myself if I have to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, let's get the fuck out of here. Bye. Bye. Whiskey Sour, French 75, Manhattan, Aperol Spritz, Gimlet, Sazerac, Pim's Cup, Vesper, Tom Collins, Mimosas, Paloma, The Last Words, Icar, Mint Julep, Daiquiri, Dark and Stormy, The Martinez, The Boulevardier, G&T, Penicillin, Champagne Cocktail, Long Island Iced Tea, Greyhound. It's hard to argue with that.